For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Two Chunks and a Hunk. Movie musings for mostly everybody. Hello and welcome to Two Chunks and a Hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders and this week I am your chunk. I'm Doge and don't worry. You're small and you're weak. That'll make you less of a chunk. That was really good. That was accidentally so good. I was that surprised was really myself. <laughs> the pressure is on Carter so bad right now. Oh. Uh, <clears throat> I'm Carter, and now you're thinking about this all wrong. It's not so much what you look like. It's what's inside that he can't hunk. <laughs> That's all, That was also pretty good. For me, the 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 edge goes to Doge only because of the pronunciation of the word worry. Weary. Yeah, that's very good. Weary. Well, I mean, we're we're about to be hundred percent Scottish accents this this whole time. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> do wait. the whole episode in this voice. That's, that's pretty good. You're locked that's in. Me, Craig Ferguson. <laughs> I have Craig a friend. Ferguson. A friend who's a skeleton. He's I just actually, bones, no skin or muscles. <laughs> You lost me on muscles just a wee bit. <laughs> just a wee bit. No skin or muscles. <laughs> no, it was, it was like it became French or something. <laughs> He's got no skin or muscles. Or muscles. <laughs> My friend Jeff is a skeleton and he eats escargot. Escargot. <laughs> Carter, why are you the hunk? Enough of enough of Craig. Let's get Craig out of here. Let's hear about the, Carter. Never for a very few times a year, I don my wizarding robes for mm. uh, graduation, and I get to not necessarily protect my school if we want to stay on that <laughs> accent run, but, but <laughs> celebrate those graduates up there on the celebrate stage. Celebrate your school. Celebrate your school. Graduate so from school. So I'm just a, I'm a hunk because of being a wizard. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, I that's like basically that. it. I like a good short hunk sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it feels like we're like, why are you the hunk? And then it's like, in a world. Well, let me tell you a 25 <laughs> yeah. minute story. Right. How about sometimes a sandwich about sandwiches. monologue? Yeah. Oh. oh. Uh, Listen. So what's the deal? Uh, w- uh, your wizard robes mean you're a magician with a hat or without a hat? He's Where did we land on that? Sure. Without a hat. You're with a, a magician hat. He without have a hat. the courage to wear a hat. I have a hat. <gasps> oh, it's like one of those flat graduation hats, right? I totally <clears> forgot <throat> those existed. No, they're like, like squishy. They're kind of squishy, huh? It's like a beret. No, I don't have that yet. I'm not a doctor. Oh. You have the flat one. I have a flat one. The square one. Listen, before we take away my hunkdom, let's just Is it a spinny hat? It like a- <clears throat> no, it doesn't spin. Mm. Do you throw it? I don't I don't even get to throw it. Why why are you even going to this, dude? Yeah, there's got to be something better you can do with your time. Because there'll be a big old 12-foot gap on stage <laughs> if I'm not. <laughs> a 12-foot gap. <laughs> Like, huh, I think somebody's supposed to be there. Huh. Yeah, it's very obvious now. That wizard turned himself invisible. Oh, yeah, you could go that route. These are all good questions. There's no way to know, though. So 
you know, nope. nothing we can do about it. Look, I want to move on to start talking about the fifth movie, second to last in our Pixar series, chosen by you, our dear, dear listeners, because I have been wanting to find a way to get this movie on the podcast <laughs> for like a minute. You are you are like the biggest apologist for this franchise that I know. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you why in just a minute. But <clears throat> first, we got to say the name of the movie all together in a kind of obnoxious voice, uh, as is our want. Uh, and this movie is known as How, How to, to Train, Train Your, Your Dragon. Dragon. Uh, Doge, I need you to synopsify it so that we can talk about it. Usually whenever I find a new name on IMDb, I'm kind of fascinated by it and and make up a little bit of a backstory for it. Actually, Those are made up? Yeah, I'm going to actually just give y'all the name. I want you to tell me who this person is, okay? This week's IMDb synopsis is written by KGF Vissers. What is KGF Vissers? I need you to tell me. Uh, that's easy because it's real. That's a dubstep DJ. Oh. Yeah, I thought it was a UFC fighter. But mm, no, dubstep DJ. Are Could you, be both. Is that for? Are you being for real? For real? Maybe we're thinking about that's, the same person. That's how you know how good that was. Is that you don't even know? Wow, you have. Well, no I idea. just don't. I haven't Googled many dubstep DJs lately. But I don't know many of them off much, the top of my head. That's how much he's a dubstep DJ. KGF Vizzers dubs steps up to the plate and writes this synopsis. Mm. Stoic. <laughs> Stoic the Vast, the giant widower chief of the though Viking village of Nordic Island, Burke. What a pregnant sentence. Has practically <laughs> given up hope for his smart, sensitive, sissy shrimp son Hiccup, the crippled blacksmith's happening? clumsy apprentice, to grow into a real Viking and contribute to their regular combats fighting off the copious plague of dragons. Who wants... Grounded again after fouling another dragon attack ward off, Hiccup wanders in the forest and stumbles upon a tied-up baby dragon. Okay. Unable to kill it. He's he incorrect it. on a lot of these hey, things. Hey, hey, hey. Don't dubstep to him, man. This is his synopsis. <laughs> you better dubstep back, boy. Unable to kill it, he frees it and finds it became tame and friendly, designs a prosthesis for its half-tail, and accidentally learns to fly toothless. Learning from it the truth about dragons, he aces the village's annual Dude. young warrior's dragon-slaying class without dangerous violence. Now Stoic expects Hiccup to kill a dragon and partake in the annual attempt to find and destroy the dragon's lair by ships. But flying toothless, he discovers the actual challenge and takes it on. Get out of I here. So okay, first of all, I hate flip flopping between past and present tense when you're doing when they're doing stuff like this. When it's like sure. He discovers Toothless, and they became friends. Yes. <laughs> yep. I'm in so, such grade mode right now <laughs> that I was I was ripping this thing up. Yeah, it drives me nuts. Second of all, there's so many like, uh, like comma splice phrases in there. Oh yeah. Oh, it's it's awful. It's a word salad. Nuts. It felt like that synopsis was written in Danish and then put through <laughs> Google Translate. Listen, KGF visitors, stick to dubstep. I'm sure you're great at it. Synopsifying is a fine art, you know. Some you people keep, go back to dubstep. Some people can write about movies, and then some people, blah, 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 you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, so that's I think very maybe true. That's a good point. <laughs> do that would maybe be better. Imagine School of Rock, but it's School of Dubstep. Mm, Still Jack Black, though. <clears throat> that's interesting. But he would be like, dubstep off, dubstep off, you know. <laughs> Did you say that whole thing to to, to sing that? Mm -hmm. okay. That's amazing. <laughs> mm -hmm. He's I on did. fire. I really did. This man's on fire, much like, much like the mouth mouth of a baby dragon named Jordan. Toothless I'm giving, who is tied I'm giving up in the you. Woods. I'm in, I'm giving you your turn, eyes. Yeah. No, thank you. I appreciate it. You go. Uh, like, you go. How to train your dragon? Now stick with me. Have to. What am I going to do? Hang up? Stop the recording? <laughs> I mean, all of these are options. Keep in mind that as we move, as something gains a fourth movie, it is no longer a trilogy. With that in mind, How to Train Your Dragon is the most perfect animated trilogy. Mmm. Interesting. 
the first movie, the one we just watched, is by far the strongest, I think. But the other two really hold up. Characters stay pretty consistent. Um, and a lot of what's set up in this first movie is continued really well, particularly um, the relationship between Hiccup and Toothless. It's really impressive to me. Yeah. If you guys haven't watched all three, you should. I haven't. I've I cried like a baby at the end of the third movie. Mm. Um they're really powerful. They're really well done. And a lot of yeah. that is started here. And um, I'm just going to, it's not my super pump. This movie has no business having a soundtrack this <laughs> right? it's very incredible. Good. It's very good. Very, very, very good. And I feel this, like it's just, did you guys ever read this book? No. It is completely different. Yeah. Like names are the same and that's about it. Which is, that's the tricky thing. It's like, I feel like the movie needs a different name then because How to Train Your Dragon, I'm sure works for the book. It doesn't quite, it doesn't quite feel like it works for the movie to me. Well, it a little bit does. That's kind of what he's discovering is How to Train Dragons. Yeah, I had a, I had a moment like that too though of being like, I wanted to, I, I'll, yeah, to preface, I had a hard time finding a super dump for this movie. So that kind of gives you sure. a hint as to my sure. uh, enjoyment of it. Uh, and part of me was like, should I super dump the title? Because mm. it feels like it gives away a lot. Um, but I guess that it, it ended up being fine. It was good that I knew yeah. uh, that, hey, even like, you know, from this movie poster, it looks like they're getting along. <laughs> the boy and the dragon, right? I'm trying to think of going right, into yeah. it in 2010, not knowing anything about the book or anything about the movie. It's like, cool. So it's going to be these people that work with dragons. And then surprised at the beginning that it's like, oh, we hate dragons. We're trying, yeah. okay, oh, wait, now <laughs> right. I'm getting this. This feels like a similar we don't, beat We to, actually don't train them. Yeah, we and then I was like, them. oh, it's E.T. then. Okay, great. We also yeah. hate aliens except for this one with this kid and that kind of stuff. Okay, whatever, whatever. And like kind of going through it. But um, yeah, it, I can't super dump on that because I do like, I can only ever know this as how to train your dragon. I came up with right, other names. Sure. Right. And it just doesn't fit. It's like, any name I came up with, it's like, well, maybe Sean Connery should be the voice of the dragon. It was just <laughs> dragon. It's, it's dragon heart. Yeah, it's like dragon heart. <laughs> right. Dragon trainers. You know, and I think you know, there's like, so much. So the, I think the biggest thing, so the, the the things that the book and the movie really share in common essentially are like names and setting and then the heart. There's a lot of heart in the book as well. And it's really kind of sugary, syrupy, sweet in some spots. But the thing is, and we've talked about this before. We talked about it with Big Hero 6 as well. I so appreciate when a quote-unquote kids movie, really, I think these movies are more appropriately termed like family movies. Yeah. I don't think these are kids yeah. movies. Yeah. Um, I don't think Big Hero 6 is either. It's a family movie. Well, because I don't know that there's going to be many kids that like resonate with Stoic. Like when Stoic is like right. breaking back tears after he finishes talking to Hiccup, you know what I mean? Yeah. At the right. very beginning. That's not for kids, I don't think. Right. And, and, and I think that's the a distinction that is important to make because I think a lot of times the quote-unquote kids' movies that we are enjoying as adults are actually family movies. They are made for a broad audience. I think kids' movies are more things like um, Paw Patrol and stuff like that where it's an exclusively child audience. Mm -hmm. Well, so map that, map that distinction back throughout the movies we've done for Pixar so far. I think uh, every we, single one of these is a family movie. Everyone's a family movie? I would say Despicable Me leans more towards kids. Um, okay. But I think beyond, but I still think it's a family movie. There's a lot of yeah. adult, not adult like nasty, but like there's a lot of like fa adult family humor in yeah. those. And yeah, um, if, if you follow our Discord, you would know that it's, it feels like really adults are what have kept Despicable Me alive. Bingo. <laughs> and Correct. Minions alive over kids. That, guys, that Minion Memes channel. I can't, I hate that it's our like most or second most active channel. It's the I, worst. Since starting it, I think the only word I've said in it is banana. I know, and I love it. it it's it's my favorite bit that I have going I right like now it in a lot. my life. Um, I the, the thing that I was going to say, I appreciate when family movies are unironically and unapologetically cool. Yeah. The fight scenes in this movie, the hey. flight scenes in this movie, the, the way that the Night Furies, like an X-Wing. I mean, yeah. it's so... Cool. So here's what's yeah, different about really cool. how to train your dragon. Yeah, hit me. Here's what gets to have this be uh, in that epic scale for me in terms mm -hmm. of a movie is my super pump, which you've said. Yes, I didn't think it, it would come up so early. Give it. Literally, my super pump is 
anytime we're flying. And I know that that, mm, that kind sure. of feels like a sh- shiny thing in the sky, like super pump, like, ooh, because it's pretty. But it's done. It is. Uh, the uh, like choreography and the cinematography, it's all done so well. The, the moments thing that, that stands out to me is like is when they're both when when Hiccup and Astrid are both on Toothless. Were you about to talk about this? I don't want to take it from you. And and it does that. Yes. Yeah, it's just dude. like locked on to Toothless. Yeah, it's locked on to Toothless. We go upside down. Like they they're really playing a lot with perspective when we're flying Toothless, and we're on Toothless a lot. So it could yeah, have been if it was done any bit worse, it could have been over the top. But it's done so well, and the action is so good. I This is a great action movie. Like, this is a—I don't think you get to say that much about animated movies, right? There's always going to be right. some element of action uh, because that's fun. And whether it's action on a smaller scale because we're bugs or because we're toys in a big room and stuff. But then, like, How to Train Your Dragon separates itself as feeling like, also mixed with the setting. There's a lot of good ingredients to make it feel like— like you know, if you've watched Lord of the Rings or something like that, you're like, okay, I've been in this fantasy world and I've experienced I action yeah. here yeah. before. This yeah. fits. But then you remember this is uh, a movie with a character called Chicken Legs. Uh, <laughs> that is not really what not humans loud. look like. And yeah, yeah, just all these things. It, it's it's so fun. There were moments that yeah. I got the the little butterflies in my stomach because I was I was flying toothless, and it kind of puts. Betamax to shame. Uh, in, I don't know who that is, but Baymax it does. Baymax, for sure. Betamax? Betamax, isn't that a type of video That's a, platform? Like VHS, possibly. Baymax, it puts Baymax to shame. I think with that flying scene that we get, even though I, that was a highlight so for too. us. I think so too. My super pump is just how fun and well done all that all the flying is. Mm. There's something I've always loved. So I was a big Aragon fan. Uh, I think we've talked about that on the podcast before. Like I loved those books. Um, but I think there's something so interesting and unique about the relationship between um, somebody flying on something that's living versus flying like a robot or a vehicle. Um, There's just anytime you get like somebody riding a dragon or a hippogriff or any of these things, there's a lot of like trust, like mutual trust involved that the quote unquote pilot isn't going to steer the thing flying into something painful and that the thing flying isn't going to let the pilot fall. So you have this sort of this instant bonding relationship of like, we're both relying on each other, especially with, oh, I don't know. I'm not going to super pump yet. I'm going to hold on to it. But there's a lot of great stuff that bonds them. Um, one of the things that I want to spend a little time talking about really is the soundtrack. Um, I know we mentioned it briefly. This was nominated for best original score. Um, mm. It did not win uh, because what it was won up that against, year? Um, I, I just read it. I'm sorry. I, I, I Hold on. It did. So I just found it uh, through the magic of the internet. It did lose to Trent Reznor's soundtrack for The Social Network. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do there? Did it? Yeah. What year? 2011 Oscars, I guess? hmm Okay. I looked at 2010 and Michael uh, Giacchino won for Up. Yeah, this this came out in 2010, so it would have been the 2011 Oscars. Listen, if you're a, if you support us on Patreon, you know that I don't understand yeah. how to tell what year an Oscars is. Doge has a hard time understanding the concept of Oscars timing. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the, the the soundtrack is it is not. This is not a kids movie soundtrack. This is a mature fantasy soundtrack, and I really really like it. The score when they're flying for the first time up above the clouds. Um, is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, and then anytime we get bagpipes, I get chills. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is for me with this movie. This this movie has a beeline straight to my heartstrings. Yeah. Um, it really does. I don't know if it's just the sensibilities of the director just n- know exactly where I'm at or what, but it, it gets me pretty much every time. No. May I super dump? I would love for you to, yeah. Just like how Toothless has a half tail that he needs a prosthesis for, according to our dubstep DJ. Mm. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna exert my half tail to send our positive energy crashing to the ground. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my super dump is all the other kid Vikings. Oh, okay. They're nothing. They're nothing at all. They need to be more than what they are or less than what they are, but they're the wrong amount right now. 
because we're supposed to kind of know their deals, but they're they're super duper underbaked to me. And TJ Miller and Jonah Hill actually have the same voice. They're different. <laughs> they're different bodies, but they do have the, they share a mouth and vocal cords. So I do. I agree with the same voice. I disagree with everything else you just said, but that's okay. Okay. Yeah these these guys I feel like need to be a little bit a little bit more. There, it's not as egregious as the Lil Hero Four, like we had a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> right. I'm glad you said that. But it that. is very, very much in that same vein of like, sure, everybody but Astrid kind of just has one motivation, sort of. You know, I don't know, and and it really could honestly be the fact that the only uh, that that TJ Miller and Jonah Hill just sound exactly the same in this movie, and it's hard to differentiate their characters. Dude, see, I, so for me, and I, I hear what you're saying. For me, I laughed so much more at the interaction of these kids than I ever did at the Little Hero 4. Like, yeah. The, Jonah Hill has multiple lines in this movie that I think are so funny. I think that we get a good understanding of who everybody is here versus the Lil, the Lil, the Lil Hero 4. Yeah. Um, but I, I do get where you're coming from. And I think, I think what we're discovering is that with these family movies, side characters have this perfect bullseye for each of us. And I think it's a little different per... Yeah. I, well, I think here. like, I think we probably, I don't know. It, if there's something in these kids' stories that could resonate with Hiccup, uh, almost a, like, I'm covering this insecurity by being this caricature. You know, so sure. just a little something for them to see themselves in Hiccup. I think that that makes it better for me when they all decide to hop on dragons at the very end to mm -hmm. go help Hiccup and save the other dragon. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's probably it's probably not necessary because that's I think you're exactly right. In a family movie, we we probably don't need everybody to be fully rounded, fully 3D. Like these these kids exist to be moving happy meal toys. Right. right. So there's yeah. there's probably probably asking more than they can deliver. Yeah. I, I I'm glad you said that they're not as egregious as the little hero for. Um, because I definitely think they they aren't. I actually right. enjoyed having them be there for all the trials. It felt a lot more like uh, everyone. It, it was like Astrid and Hiccup were uh, that trifecta of Ron, Hermione, Harry in school for the first year. And then we had yeah. all these other little side characters that we'll get to know later. But now we know at least they're all experiencing the same beats. You know, yeah. like we don't have uh, with the Little Hero Four. They just kind of go for a while. They do some trash cans for him at his uh, showing of the robots. And then they just come back to save the world. Like this was kind mm, of yep. a, even though it does feel like it's a quick change, right? And I guess you could do like chalk that up to leadership. The two people that were the most respected were the ones saying, let's ride dragons. So of course the other four will. Um, but yeah, it, it did feel like it fit better for me in this story. And I ended up enjoying yeah. that. I think what's also tough for us is in picks aren't we, uh, we're not talking about Pixar here in terms of the characters there, which they tend to do side characters really well. Like just last week when we're talking about Tangled, there's something to be said about freaking Maximus. Like he's he's kind yeah. of tipping the scales for everybody as a character that never talked but had such a structured storyline that he was so easy to invest in. So, but yeah, I'm probably I, I lean more towards uh, Jordan's opinion on this, but. I do get it. <clears throat> that was a part that just seemed kind of like uh, they just showed up. I, I almost super sure. jumped. Like, we have no concept of distance in this movie. Like, yeah. how far away is that island and how have you never discovered it? Because it feels like it might only take right. you 20 minutes to get there. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> right. And, and the timeline of things doesn't really match up, but I'm not asking this to be Tolkien, you know? Well, so, and there's that to, other aspect too of like, nobody's ever tried to tell a dragon, get back. You know what I mean? Like if that's right. all it takes to train a dragon, nobody's ever been like, hey, back up, back up. Hey, no, no. Remember he had the eel in his pocket. It wasn't just get back. He was repelling. No, but they do that later. The they do that later without the eel. Yeah, I'm saying the training boy. the dragon, training the dragon is easy enough that it's right. sort of unbelievable. Hiccup's the first person to do it. But I was, you know, I was reading a, a piece earlier about people like obsessively looking for plot holes in things. Mm. It's like every story is full of plot holes. That's why it's fiction. You know yeah. what I mean? It can't happen and it right. won't happen. But every story is a contract between the teller and the listener or the teller and the watcher. And you say, I'm willing to accept what you tell me as long as you make it worthwhile. 
Yeah. And I think like that's a great reason to overlook plot holes. Like, like in the real world, of course, somebody would have trained these dragons immediately. But it's fine. I like the story they're telling me. Enough smart stuff. Snot Lout at one point, Jonah Hill's character says during training, do you want me, <laughs> what do you want me to do? Do you want me to block out the sun? Because I can do that. I just don't have the time right now. <laughs> and that's a really great line. <laughs> yeah, that is really good. <laughs> what do you want? You want me to block out the sun? I could do it. It's not the time right now. That's a great line. Second of all, uh, I have to get, I have to hit my quota of Zelda references. I pictured the the uh, the fog around the Dragon Island, kind of like the Lost Woods. Like the reason they haven't found it is not because it's not close. It's just because once you hit that fog, you're so turned around, and there might be some sort of mysticalness to it. Mm. Um, you're just not going to find it without a guide. It's like Annihilation vibes. Yeah. Yeah. Fanghorn Forest vibes. We've seen it before. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I get that. that. That was the vibe I picked up. Now, that's not explicitly said. So that's me being an apologist for this movie for yeah. sure. sure. Um, Help me understand why it's okay to kill big dragon, but little dragons are friends. My understanding is it's because big dragon is a threat in itself and the other dragons are not. Like big dragon is hurting the small dragons by kind of like enslaving them. But I mean, the honest answer is like, I don't know. He's yeah, a big, that, a kind of, that kind of was a little confusing to me that we spend the whole movie being like, these guys, they're not as bad as you think. They're really sweet and they're really kind. They could be our pets. But the second they get this big, gotta die. But it's not just his size. They're not like, that one's too big to live. Like he's aggressive towards the small dragons and the people. Yeah. That's it my just, only it, thought. It feels like a sliding scale. I mean, it doesn't bother me. Again, the story they're telling is worthwhile, so I'm willing sure. to invest in it and overlook the plot holes, but sure. it's a little confusing. And I, I watched this movie with the full intent of nitpicking it because I think it's actually really good and it's hard to find things that are wrong with it. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I think that's probably the only reason I even thought of that. Yeah, I do think in the second How to Train Your Dragon installment, we do get some really, I mean, it gets, it gets uh, pretty immediately more epic in the yeah. second one mm -hmm. because we get these big wars now that we can control dragons, right? Yeah. yeah. And I think we are using some some much bigger ones like f yeah. for our own. So yeah, I I can get that a little bit with, uh, again, not not necessarily having the knowledge yet when I first saw this that, that we're going to use big dragons later. But it did feel like a, maybe there was an assumption, we were supposed to have some kind of assumption of a hierarchy that's right. not necessarily explained. That's like, yeah. And and the higher you go, the more evil you are. But yeah, well, because in, I the, get what you're in the second one, right? There's the thing that's basically the orca from Godzilla: King of the Monsters. Mm -hmm. That's like the kind of dragon control frequency. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And so, like, if the, if if Big Boy was doing that, I understand why we have to kill the Queen of the Dragons. Yeah. You know, it's just I don't know. And, and there's, I'm probably grading it more harshly because there's stuff. Well, he that is. I think it does Isn't better. That's, that's why those dragons fling the kids off. Is he mind controlling them? I believe so. I think they fling the kids off because the kids are making a lot of noise. Yeah, I thought they flinged them off because the kids were banging and it was bothering the dragons too. Oh, yeah. maybe. But that's what I'm saying is like the fact that we're kind of like, oh, is he mind controlling them? What's going on? I think it just could have been explained a little better yeah, there. I mean, Again, honestly, it doesn't so bother me and I'm my, intentionally nitpicking it. Yeah. My super dump is, I love everything about the fight with the dragon, but my super dump is the side plot of the big dragon um, only because... Um, it feels like the only thing in this movie that's like truly underbaked and we just kind of bring it in in the third act and we're like, we got to fight something. Yeah. Um, and it feels I, like, I, I feel like this movie is, now hold on, because I love the fight scene. I think it's great to watch. I feel like this is a better movie if it just stays personal um, about, yeah. about Hiccup trying to convince his village not to kill these things. But I mean, obviously we benefit from how cool everything is at the end. Yeah, I was going to say, oh, if it sure. stays personal, do you take away Big Dragon? Right. That's what I'm saying. Because then like, I'm out because I want it. I want right. that fight. It's so cool to watch. But that's what I'm saying. I think the plot of the Big Dragon is my super dump. Mm. Um, yeah. For the movie, just because it feels underbaked. The fight scene is incredible. Well, I understand why they bring it in too. Because yeah. you need something to be like, oh, the dragons had to, the dragons had to come eat their sheep. <laughs> They're really good if you give them a chance. But yeah. like, dragons are good if you give them a chance. They're just being controlled by a bad dragon. Kind of, kind of is recursive a little bit. Kind of cancels <laughs> itself out. Sure. I mean, I think the second two movies, 
in my opinion, do a much better job of giving us villains with motivations yes. that we can understand. I can understand. speak to the second one that I've seen. The second one is far, far more clear yeah. in terms of that conflict. Plus, Hiccup has some pretty sweet armor. So Yeah, that's very cool. <laughs> check that out. Um, the other thing we got to check out is shout announcements. Um, and that's happening, if you, if you just follow me, um, it's around okay. this corner. Yeah. Uh, in that back room. If you just want to wait yep. right there, uh, the doctor will be in to see you soon. Okay. Uh, and he's going to check your shout announcements. Please remove your shoes. It's the shout announcements show where we give shout outs and announcements. Shout announcements. I'm kind of workshopping like a um, like a theme song. Yeah, uh, I dig do you it. know what those are? Yeah. So yeah, it's a I mean, I'd say progress. keep working. Yeah, yeah, it's a work in progress. Uh, keep making progress. It's a work keep, in progress. It's probably done though. I'm probably just doing keep, like that. Well, keep working. It's keep, probably it finished. Needs, it's probably in progress. I think it's definitely finished. in it. In the in this inside the progress. I meant it's in like it. pending I'm working, review. I'm working on being done with it. Is yeah. what I meant. Uh, it's the it's shout announcements, guys. And here's the thing. My first shout out is going to be to um, coffee. It kept me alive uh. today. My second shout out is going to be. Um, to our dear, beloved uh, patrons. Look, if you are a fan of this show and you're not a patron to get that extra bonus content, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you yeah, doing? Figure it out. Figure it's okay out. that you're not, but it's not okay. It's, yeah, it's not it, okay. Like, we're not mad. We're just, we're, we know you're missing out. And it's like, I want the best for you. It hurts me more than it hurts you. You know what I mean? Yeah, same. Except for reverse. It hurts you more than it, and hurts, it hurts me. Yeah, it hurts me more than it hurts Jordan. So it yeah. hurts me more than it hurts him. More it seems it like it's you. Carter the most. Um, yeah, I like it. It's gr it's good for me. So we got yeah. we got the full gamut going on here. But listen, guys and gals, listen, listeners. There is so much inside of Patreon. You get bonus episodes, one per series at least. But beyond that, you can go to tier two and jump into the Discord where we are having chit chats. I'm talking minion memes. I'm talking the Marvel show. I wouldn't have I'm led talking, with minion memes. Hey, I did though. <laughs> I did though. Is the thing, Ew. we're talking music recommendations. We're talking movie discussion. We're talking top fives. I mean, getting to know Adam is a reason enough to, That's true. to Adam, reach the top tier. Adam is a mystical figure that just sort of floats between realms. And mm. one of the realms he floats between is, in fact, our Discord server. So please jump in, jump on. Adam's, Adam jump is a around. realm walker who's made his home within our Discord. Mm. Yes. Mm. And for those of you that are on that higher Discord level, once you reach that, don't forget, there's still a couple more steps. Doge, what were those steps... Don't they receive something after they reach the $5 level to guide them through joining the Discord chat? Yeah, you should get an email with some step-by-step -step instructions. Mail. Yeah. An I electronic mail require no stamp delivered straight to your home personal computing device. You could we'll walk you through joining our Discord. It's a good time but over there. But where's the envelope, Doge? That's what everybody wants to know. The real, the real envelope is the friends you make in Discord. That's oh, really good time. so good. And either of those levels gives you an extra vote, which is for our Summer of Love series that's out there right now. The Summer of Love, the fourth time we have done it will Summer of die. Love. And there is quite a, a wide net cast out there. So it could be, a, it's probably going to be a very fun series that's a little bit all over the place with the through line of love, love. as it always is mm -hmm. for always. the summer. And in terms of love, Here's something we need you to do. We had a huge push early on in our lives. We had that energy of people that just wanted this podcast to stick around. <laughs> uh, and we had a ton of reviews early on in our career. And then even more when we were trying to reach a certain goal to become Rotten Tomatoes critics. If you don't know the end of that story, we tried to become RT critics. And Rotten Tomatoes said no. Because we weren't stuck up enough and we didn't have enough sticks up our butt. That's not why they said no. And so we decided, you know what? We don't want to change who we are and we think that's what makes our podcast attractive. So if that means we're not going to be official Rotten Tomatoes critics, uh, I'd rather be an official Two Chunks critic. So if you want to keep uh, that you keep that train uh, chugging along, uh, we, we are uh, experiencing... Higher than, than ever. Uh, Doge and I were talking about when Jordan was out uh, slaying a dragon uh, in between takes here. Jordan, uh, Doge and I were talking about 
how much growth we've had on this podcast and how there used to be these moments that we would celebrate. Like we couldn't believe we had a hundred downloads in a week. And then we couldn't believe we had 24,000 total downloads. We had made Bruno Mars the hunk that week because 24 karat magic. And then we're kind of like, <laughs> forgot about that. And with this exponential growth, something that for sure we know it is not an IMDb algorithm. It's a legitimate algorithm. We know that it is really good for our podcast to rate and review. So if you haven't, especially for those of you that are on any level of our Patreon, uh, it's a really easy thing. You've already proven to us that you're willing to go above and beyond a few more mouse clicks, uh, a few more electronic email reads to get more content. Uh, I wish you would do the same for the sake of rating and reviewing this podcast uh, so that we can be uh, Falcon Punch levels of strong. Mm. Mm. That's kind of what we're looking did for. We, That's the goal. Did we really make Bruno Mars the hunk that week? I'm almost positive. I, I remember that. it. I love that. Do you ever look at stuff that you were a part of and be like, man, that was great? <laughs> Always. Every day. <laughs> almost never. Hey, the other thing I want you to do while you're reviewing, go ahead and tell Hey, I don't get a turn. I don't get a turn. Well, if you you're do, keeping you, track at home, you do I don't get, get a, a turn. turn for you do get a turn, but Carter forgot the second part of his, which is rate, review, and tell your friends. Oh, yeah. Share us with your friends, your buddies, your family. Uh, that's honestly word of mouth is besides reviewing the biggest thing you can do to help us grow. And we really appreciate every single person that you scream our podcast name at from your car as you drive down the street. <laughs> what I was supposed to talk to you guys about listeners is our poll that's open right now that closes today on release day. Um, but Carter already covered it. You know, summer of love is coming. You know, it's about to be the hot time of the year, which means we're going to have the coolest uh, time with you guys watching the love movies. Mm. So vote for them. You get to pick five. Uh, hit the link in our Instagram bio or go to twochunksandahunk.com backslash vote to cast your polls, make your voice heard. And remember, if you support us on Patreon, go ahead and check uh, check the post there. You've got another poll that you can vote in, which means you get twice the power uh, of a regular listener. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm super pumping and it's happening right now. Go. <gasps> I, we talked about this a little bit. We'll talk about it more someday, maybe. There is, for some reason, nothing that gets me more misty-eyed in a movie than representation of underrepresented groups of people. When I first saw Into the Spider-Verse, my brain was just filled with fictional images in my head of young black boys and girls seeing a superhero that looked like them that was awesome, like Spider-Man. And it just made me so weepy. I get the same feeling thinking about a young child with a prosthetic seeing Toothless and Hiccup, not even yeah. having to overcome their prosthesis. Just like, it's just mm -hmm. part of them. Here we go. Especially um, beyond this movie, it never even comes up again as an issue. But um, when, when, when Hiccup first steps out of bed, stumbles, and then he's good to go. I just, I don't know, man. There's something um, so important and special to me about especially kids seeing themselves in the stories that they consume. Yeah. It, I get misty thinking about it. Like, I, I, I think that's why this movie has such a special place in my heart because it happened, uh, when it happened the first time we watched it and he stepped out of the bed, I like gasped. I was like, oh, <gasps> Whoa. I, I, that just, was, I mean, that's big. That's yeah. massive stakes. Totally. Totally. And, and the bond that him and Toothless now have with sharing sort of like a similar mm -hmm. injury as well. Yeah. Uh, it's just perfect, man. It's just so perfect. Mm -hmm. Because we had already seen kind of uh, another view of that because there are, you know, it's, it's a Viking island. Right. So there's several characters, especially, you know, Craig Ferguson. Like Gobber. Who Craig. has… Who has, you know, anything you'd see in a pirate movie, like a ton of like prosthetics, which in right. that sense, uh, not that it was necessarily insensitive, you're viewing it in a way that you've viewed it before. But when Hiccup right. gets out of bed, you they knew, you could tell the directors uh, knew the, the 
the weight of that and actually seeing that. And then the fact that it does kind of have this connection to the narrative as a whole with now an even bigger bond between him and Toothless. I, I'm, I'm yeah. there with you. I second that emotion. Mm. Even though I'm super pumped already. I, I pumped that with you. Mm. Almost Thank super. you. I haven't mentioned yet how much I do love Craig Ferguson's interchangeable blacksmith It's arm. so cool. I think that's really fun. It yeah. is really fun. Gobber's a great character, I think. Yeah, um, very much. The, the interactions, Doge, we actually get two separate three-beat payoffs within mm-hmm. about eight seconds of each other at the end of the We sure movie. do. Um, we get the third iteration of this is for that and this is for everything else from Astrid. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then we also get the the payoff of you just gestured to all of me. Yes. Um, and I, I knew that Doge's little three-beat brain was going to go crazy in that last mm-hmm. moment. So the one, the one with Astrid, both of those are, yeah, I guess I don't, I don't feel the need to single them out. They're both a little too lampshaded for me. You know what I mean? I think both, they work. They're definitely three beats. They follow the pattern of establish, uh, reinforce, and then subvert on the last one. First two are the same, third one's different. And, and they're both like that. Uh, but both of them are, are, pretty lampshaded in a way that feels sort of like baby's first three beat. You know what I mean? Like, oh, that's great. Can we do it like without maybe having the exact same dialogue and the same, you know what I mean? I think there's a way to uh, to take the lampshade off of it a little bit and let it just be more organic. But then, you know, uh, our target audience might miss that stuff. You know that friend that you have where you're at like a gas station and you're like, ah, oh, Derek loves Gatorade. And you buy him a Gatorade and you bring it to him. And he's like, thanks, I guess. I don't know. This isn't really my favorite flavor. Um, <laughs> whatever. And then you're like, never buying you Gatorade again. I tried to do a nice thing and then I'm never buying you Gatorade again. I, I just handed you two perfect examples of one of your favorite things to talk about. And you were like, actually, yeah. let me tell you why it sucks. No, no, no. They're good. They're they're great. Three and this is what follow, Derek would say about the Gatorade as soon as I said he's not follow, getting another Gatorade. They follow like, the no, pattern no, 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 perfectly. Glacial freeze is fine. No, no, no. I do like it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a great drawing. We'll put it on the fridge. Right. All the other good ones. <laughs> Bingo. Bingo. Not frameable, it. but it's frigible. It's frigible for sure. That's exactly what just happened. Yeah. Can we, is it okay if we talk about Toothless and his design? Super pump. Yeah, I figured. Toothless is my super pump. Yeah. The way that uh, our animators are able to have him seamlessly switch between this uh, this fictional reptile, act, an actual dragon, by the way, not like a wyvern like Game of Thrones, uh, actual dragon, four legs, two wings. It's a hexapod rather than a ah. quadrupod. Thought the same thing when I watched it. Uh but the way that that our animators were able to have him switch between a dragon, a panther, a house cat, and like a Labrador retriever, mm-hmm. he just feels so fully realized. Like he moves Pretty like brilliant. a ton of stuff I've seen a million times and like nothing I've ever seen before. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. just an incredible accomplishment in animation. I was reading so, that his movement inspirations were cat, dog, and horse. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there's so totally much in the that. eyes too. Yes. Uh, which is yeah. It's it's all it's subtle, but it's also very significant. Mm-hmm. All of yes. his movements and stuff. The scene where he smiles, he learns to copy Hiccup's <laughs> smile. Yes. Uh, this is my favorite piece of trivia about this movie. It was inspired. One of the animators had a baby, like a toddler, that was learning to smile on purpose <laughs> and had That's no teeth. So funny. Yeah. And so the smile was just like. <laughs> with like empty gums. And that was the inspiration so for Toothless's weird smile. Yeah, Carter, does I, he remind you of Nana? He does yeah. so much. I was wondering that while I was watching it. Yeah, we have a, a flat-coated retriever, which is basically a golden retriever, but black. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, there was a lot of, uh, there was one moment where he was laying down, uh, not, not at the very end when Toothless is covering Hiccup up from mm. saving him, but one of the early times when Toothless has recognized that uh, they can't fly yet, or at least can't get out of that little ravine. Yeah. And Nana was curled up on the couch the same way. And so we were like, <laughs> it is Nana. Dude, when when Toothless was on the tree and his tail was hanging and twitching, mm-hmm. yeah, no joke, Bruce was on his little cat thing and his tail was tang- hanging and twitching. I mean, 
the, yeah. Seeing things that you see every day recated in a weird animated way is crazy. Well, I think yeah. it's a shortcut too. Because totally. like he, we, we- It's a totally, visual language. Exactly. We make Toothless do the same things that our beloved members of our families do. And so we as an audience- Automatically instantly, like Instantly. I'm instantly, I would die for Toothless Correct. because he reminds me of my dog. Correct. He reminds me of my cat. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all, that's, y'all have stumbled upon a comm theory. That's structuration theory. Building, building worlds based off of the pieces you've subconsciously taken from what you've already experienced. Yeah, yep. foundation's already there. You don't have to lay it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and it's it, very smart. It's a it's a shortcut, but not in a cutting corners way. Just in a we don't have to establish this as just move on kind of a way. Um, but yeah, I think toothless. First of all, I I laughed. I made an X wing joke earlier. It does feel like he's when he's doing his like strafe run. Yeah, it is yeah. unironically one of the coolest things I've ever seen in an animated movie. Yeah, very the much. sound of his flame, they're just like, oh yeah, yeah, Ugh. it's really cool. They've, the fireballs. They did such a good job. They being like storyboarding, who, whoever were the creators collectively of this movie. Uh, same guys who did Lilo and Stitch, by the way. Oh yeah, of, of they're good with the little creature to kid relationships. Totally. Um, calling their shot as to what Toothless was. Like in terms of like the kind of animal this would be. Right. Like, because it does still, like you know when Toothless has to turn it on, Toothless can also be incredibly capable. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of it does have to do with like the sound mixing of a flame that is very distinguishable among hundreds and, and, and yeah. you know, movies to come after in this world. Thousands of other creatures on screen, you can pick out Toothless Pretty totally. quickly. Yeah. Um, and just such a good job. Now, in, in the sound mixing realm, I, I have a super dump and it was legitimate for me in my movie watching experience. But what's going to be weird is if it's because of the technology that I specifically had. Hmm. But there were times when the action was so loud, I felt like I missed important conversations, like important dialogue. Uh, interesting. Especially hmm. in the very beginning. So the very beginning when he's just setting up the town yeah. and talking about the town. I don't really, I, I didn't know a lot of what he was saying because we had this sweeping soundtrack. We yeah. had these dragons coming in and mm. just ripping up this town and stealing the livestock that I missed a lot. And that's tough because at the end, it's done better. It, I was like, okay, maybe it's not an issue with my television or my sound system because we basically bookend that by saying like, hey, here's what the town is now, Yeah, right? We've got like the coolest pets in the world. Uh, and it felt like I was really supposed to be able to hone in on what they're saying as he's setting up the world. And I, for me specifically, I missed it because it was too loud. And I don't yeah. know if that was just me. Uh, it was loud over here too. I, I didn't I didn't have that issue. But I, if, I mean, I have encountered so many movies that are hard to listen to on a home theater that I, I can definitely relate to. We have a, on our soundbar, we have a clarity option that is supposed to tune up voices and there have been a lot of movies that I've had to watch especially if I started at like 8:30 or 9 at night we have neighbors downstairs the mm -hmm. number of times I've had to turn my sub basically off and then turn clarity on so that I can listen yeah. at about two thirds volume and not blow yeah. my neighbors away to different movies because the mixing is just like you're either blown away by the loudest stuff or completely missing the quietest stuff and there's no in between yeah super yeah. And super I wide dynamic range this conversation brings about, a, uh, we don't have to spend too long on it, but a pretty interesting dynamic as to just the world we live in, in terms of what's the difference between a movie made in 2020 and a movie made in 2009 or 2000. You know, it's like mm. uh, the, the progression in technology of the movie making biz, uh, it has massive leaps at times. And yeah. so uh, all the coolest, shiniest things, if you especially love movies and what you're buying to consume those, can't always catch up. Like, right. I yeah. remember how strange it felt not not three or four years ago that we got the battle at Winterfell and nobody could see what was going on. I know. <laughs> yeah. And then you start texting your friends because you realize we live in a world that's like, is my brightness down, right? Because that's right. happened before. Because we have to do this thing to where we have to catch up and adapt to uh, what, we're, what we're consuming. But then to and hear then it that everybody was And then it turns out that was just was like, bad. It turns out yeah, it was just Everybody's bad. like, no, dude, had no idea. Like one of the yeah, biggest battles I didn't we ever like, get in Westeros. I don't know what happened. Was it was it my TV or was the last season of Game of Thrones absolutely dragon poop? 
You know, maybe that's just my TV <laughs> setting. Did you have your make yeah. it good setting turned on? Do you have a smart TV? You know TV? what? I had the embaddener turned on. Mm, it embaddened it. it. Yeah, that's it. my fault. That's my <laughs> fault for sure. For sure. Do it. So I get no. I get to keep my super dump here. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Okay. It's valid yeah. because at the beginning everything's cranked up to eleven. Like like mm-hmm. visuals, dialogue, Which sound I get, effects, I and get. music. It's like yeah. It's a strong way to start, but when everything's at eleven, I couldn't. Nothing keep up. is. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, syndrome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the design, the design of all these dragons is so, so fun. I love oh my it. Gosh. The like hummingbird. So what are they called? Uh the like Gronkles? Yeah, Gronkles. The fat, the fat ones are like a bumblebee. Yeah. Yeah. And then I love the two-headed dragon. One is the gas and one is the spark. That yeah, is that's so cool. unique. Yeah. yeah, all the dragon designs, and even in the the monster manual that he's looking at, the mm. dragon book <laughs> that he's looking at, uh, is awesome. <laughs> the like all of it's such cool. The Necronomica, yeah. Uh, and I loved um, what's the chubby kid's name? The one who knows all the stats from chicken the monster legs. manual. No, chicken he's basically legs. The, he's like a D and D player. Fish legs. Fish legs. Fish legs. Yeah, fish legs is basically like a D and D player. His stats, his are amazing. Love yeah. that. He's metagaming too much. And Just fight go, the dragon, bro. Gobber yeah. goes, Gobber goes, what's the first thing you need to do? And he goes, get plus five speed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Such so a video funny. game vibe too. Yeah. Yep. Oh man, he's really is funny. Man, I, Gerard Butler and Craig Ferguson are worth having a conversation about because they're they're I almost super people. pumped Gerard Butler. Dude. I almost super pumped he's him. So this man good. is really underrated and it's because the first time we saw him uh, or anyone can remember him as 300, right? right. And they're like, oh, yeah. he's always going to be Muscle Boy. I was like, he's no, a dude, he's muscle got boy. a few more layers than you would think. But he yeah. has more range than yeah. way more range. Muscle Boy. He, I think that he he suffers from picking really bad projects too many times. Mm-hmm. Um, I think isn't that, he Olympus has fallen or is he White House down? Um, hold on, he, I will tell you the sure. answer. He is They're the same. He's Olympus some event fallen. that is crumbling. Yeah. Okay. He's Olympus has fallen. Yeah. Well, he does that. And he did like, I think he did like gamer. Like he's just been in a lot yeah. of stuff that's not Maybe good. Gerard has bad taste. Yeah. I mean, that's a very, very good possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, Shout out Greenland though, real quick. Shout out, go, go on HBO Max. If you just watched How to Train Your Dragon and you're like, man, I love this Gerard Butler dad energy. Go watch Greenland on HBO Max, which just came out. Uh, I think it's close to an eighty percent on Rotten Tomatoes from critics, oh, cool. even. So it's it's a uh, it feels bird boxian in terms of like it kind of came out of nowhere and people liked it a lot. Except uh, this is uh, another version of the end of the world. Cool. <laughs> but it's, it's really fun. It's really fun, and it's it seems like a good enough budget to make it realistic. And yeah, it's it's a blast. I would go watch it. Hmm. Interesting. It's on my list it's now. Very, very. I was very surprised by how much I love Gerard Butler. Very mm. surprised by Craig Ferguson. Mm. Honestly, I didn't even mm-hmm. know this was like a thing that he could do this well. You know what I mean? This this stuff. Well, is I mean, great talk about him. like. I mean, they. It fits. They, yeah, there could totally. have been a better. Like it, it. It was like it makes so much sense. Totally. Yeah. I mean, he he is, the most, Scottish. Yeah, it's like when <laughs> uh, it's a, this is exactly like. And I'm I'm doing massive winks here. It's exactly like when like that Secret Life of Pets sequel got a really grumpy, almost dead dog, and had Harrison Ford voice it. You know, it's like it has to be. <laughs> it has yeah, to be this person. I, I forgot about that. You know, yeah. those perfect fits. Harrison um, Ford's the, classic role as grumpy dead dog. Grumpy dead dog. The other the other <laughs> I think person it's close to that though. I would like. Hey, is to, he really in that movie? Oh, I thought yeah. we were doing a bit. No. Oh, oh, I thought you made that up. Yeah, I, I thought we were doing a bit. Nope. Um, the other person that I feel like deserves a huge shout out here is Jay Baruchel. Um, and honestly, yeah. America Ferrera. They, they both bring a lot of life yeah. to their characters. Uh, I, For me, I hone in on Jay just because he typically is doing like a sort of, um, uh, what's the word I'm, I'm looking for here? Uh, nothing sacred, tongue in cheek kind of a comedy thing. Um, where he's just really irreverent. That's the word I'm looking for. Like a very irreverent yeah. comedy um, and yet here we get this really sincere, um, kind of saccharine almost yeah. little character. And he, he just, he really does, I think, bring Hiccup to life in a really fun way. Yeah. Um, weird that Hiccup's Such a Canadian. unique voice, like such a mm-hmm. unique, yeah. There's just not, 
nobody, I've not really seen any other animated characters quite like hiccup mm-hmm. in terms of just like the voice and demeanor. And that's totally Jay. Yeah. It, well, and I don't know if it's because they couldn't afford Michael Sarah or like, because there always seems, <laughs> well, there always seems to be, you know, it's just an assumption as to who's going to play a role like that. Right. And so for yeah. them to either redirect or just decide, you know, he's he's the best fit, I think was a great play. Yeah, I agree. The dog's name is Rooster. Rooster. Hmm. Harrison Ford's Rooster. I've never been less interested in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think I agree with that. I don't know that my name's my name's Rooster. I, I wish I wasn't in this movie. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> There's the Harrison Ford. We it already sounds like he's like almost growling anyways. <laughs> um, so the, we we talked a little bit. We're going to definitely get more into it next week. Um, but we talked a little bit about there are certain things like Pixar took the heartfelt, um, depth-driven animated movie and said, yeah. this one's mine. And for mm-hmm. about 20 years, nobody even stepped to the throne. Everybody was too afraid to go there for the most part. Um, but I feel like what happened was... Shrek came along and everybody for about 11 years said, I can try to do that. And yep. we, I, in my opinion, we just saw a ton of people swing and miss movies, mm-hmm. movies that people watched that I have probably seen that will, nobody will ever talk about them in a positive light again, because they were of their time in a way that Shrek isn't. Over the Hedge. Over the Hedge is a perfect example. Yeah, that's perfect. Shark Tale, I would say, is another great example. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There, there are those movies. But then, now granted, it's also DreamWorks, so they're allowed to uh, pivot whenever they want. But DreamWorks comes along with this, with How to Train Your Dragon, which I would argue... I think both of those were also DreamWorks. Over the Hedge and Shark Tale. Uh, there's a very good chance. I don't know for sure. Um, so is Kung Fu Panda, which is just yeah, trying to be Shrek as well, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but you get this from DreamWorks, which all of a sudden is this like... Real is the wrong word. I don't mean real as in uh, realistic, but more just like it's a personal story. It's kind of starting it's to emotionally, step into that. It's emotionally Pixar true. a little bit. Yeah, um, I would argue that this. I would argue that there's nothing else DreamWorks has ever done that sequels make more sense. Yeah, I yeah. I completely agree. Sequels don't feel like money grabs. They feel like story. We got to keep going. Yep. I yeah, I don't think anything agree. else DreamWorks has done even feels close even, to that. I'll say this in the in the third How to Train Your Dragon, they bring in they do the thing where they bring in like girl version of Yeah, and that's on mm-hmm. the movie no that's not even a spoiler. Yeah. That's on the movie poster uh, and all that stuff. But it's really done fine. Like it's not yeah. it's not done in like a weird pandering we need merchandise way. Like it really does round out I don't know. That's why I say, like, this is the most perfect animated trilogy to me. It's so um, thoughtful. Even when the movies are, you know, a 7 out of 10 instead of a 9 or 10 out of 10, like, they're still great. They still stand head and shoulders above you'd, most competition. Oh, I was going to say you'd you'd say that it beats Toy Story, but I forgot that Toy Story is not a trilogy Not a anymore. trilogy. Although, I, I think if I had Story to pick 4. one to watch all the way through, I think I would pick, I think they're I would making pick How to fifth. Train Your Dragon. Yeah. What did you say, Carter? They're they're in the process of a fifth even for Toy Story. That's, That's the crazy. Buzz Lightyear spinoff, though, right? Yeah, I, I think yes. I, I didn't know if you meant like same story or same universe, but it's oh. crazy. No, yeah, but yeah. I, I I think I would pick How to Train Your Dragon over Toy Story for what I would want to watch. Honestly, yeah, I could see that. I mean, I've said it probably a million times. Every time we talk about an animated movie, I usually end up saying that I think animation learned the wrong lesson from Shrek. Totally. Because sh- Shrek is a powerful story about self-identity. And what at what every animation studio found out was like Shrek is a funny story with farts. With and pop that's culture we, references. That's we have the to make, thing, man. We have to make pop culture and farts in our animated movies rather than this is a story that's emotionally resonant and has, has something I can relate to in it. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. This feels like DreamWorks course correcting itself. Certainly. After yeah. learning its own wrong lessons. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it's time to yep. rate this movie. We'll talk plenty about Shit. Shrek next week, but it's time to rate this movie uh, using the scientific cinema scale, which is perfect and as follows. The best thing we could ever say about a movie is own it, don't lend it. Buy, buy that, that poster. poster. <laughs> the next best thing is buy it. 
I almost said buy that movie. Buy that as movie. As if I've never said this 500 <laughs> times. Go ahead. Uh, after that is rent it. That's followed by stream it. And then after that is forget it. And last, but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. God hath forsaken us. I'll go first. I'm buying the poster. It's it's at least a top 10 movie for me. Wow. Yeah. Like top 10, top 10 all time or top 10 animated? Top 10 ever, I think. This is a this is the wow. this is the textbook definition. Uh, so we we watched Crazy Stupid Love yesterday. Just sort of it was just on in the background while we were doing stuff at the house. And yeah. I had the thought, I was like, Crazy Stupid Love and How to Train Your Dragon are both the epitome of, you know, I have a mild fever and chills. I'm not going to work and I just want to lay on the couch and throw something on that brings me comfort. Comfort food. Those yeah. two movies, man. Uh, and I would argue those two movies probably also serve as really, really workable templates for other movies in their genre. Bingo, correct. Yeah, so uh, it's They're an easy poster Stones. for me. Plus, yeah. and this is always this is always a nice plus. The poster is really pretty, so I would actually <laughs> buy this poster. I'm also going to buy the poster. Oh, that's a great poster. Yeah, I'm definitely going to buy this poster. This is. I don't know. It just hit me right in the right spot. This is like, I would have read this book in middle school. You know what I mean? Not the actual book, How to Train Your Dragon. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's a that's a children's book, like an early reader's thing. But like, if there was a book about a Viking who befriended a dragon and then taught all his people that dragons are cool, and there's a whole book series about them writing. I mean, I would have read that over and over and over again in middle school. This is just exactly for me, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, y'all hear me here. Tell me what you think, but it feels good. How to Train Your Dragon is the two chunks of animated movies. I love this. I don't even know what you mean, and I love it already. That's fine. Compare me to something that I've just said I love. (laughs) Two Chunks chunks and a Hunk is a movie podcast. Handsome. We all know this. And there's a lot of other movie podcasts out there. Except there's really not much comparison. Sure. Because of things like not being Rotten Tomatoes critics, not doing things like that. So uh, How to Train Your Dragon is a by the poster without any outside accolades that are like tangible, right? It's a bunch of just, this is an outlier among other things within its genre, which makes it, it's actually, it's its own separate wonderful thing. Right. I Mm -hmm. think How to Train, there is nothing in the animated universe like How to Train Your Dragon. Uh, In terms of the actual sweeping story that it tells, yeah, uh, and how well it does it and continues to do so, and somehow, f- strangely, remain kind of under the radar. But in it a does way feel that like, underrated, it feels underrated just because a lot of people don't talk about it. But the box office would tell you that people love it. Yeah. So it's it's really strange, but I I think it is just such a good story, and it's done so well that it feels almost out of place in an animated series on Two Chunks and a Hug. It feels like it should be something that was given its own three-beat yeah. uh, at a later time or you know something that we would have done in like a fantasy series or something like that. And I think it's just because it's it's too good for its own good. Yeah. It is, it is that weird like underrated, under the radar, but everybody that I talk to loves this movie. It's the second place in our, in our voting yeah, for this crazy, series. Yeah, that's crazy, right? You know what I mean? Like, how does it still feel? It's like it's like your favorite band that everybody loves, but you're still convinced that they're only something for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why I said it's the two chunks <laughs> of animated movies. Mm. And I want to, I, I will give myself a forget it because I, I yucked all over the three beats that Jordan brought me. And I feel really bad about that. Mm-hmm. I feel bad do. about it. I'll choose to forget me. <laughs> and I just fade away. <laughs> now, uh, sounds like a Hooba Steak song. I choose to forget me. Um, to end today's episode, I'd like for each of us to say our name and which type of dragon we would like to ride. You cannot say a Night Fury. Oh, are we allowed to look them up? Yeah. Uh, oh. For two chunks and a hunk, I'm Jordan uh, Wonders, and I'm riding the one that Snotlout rides like a Harley. <laughs> His yeah. hands all the way up on the mm, horns. That's cool. I think that's so funny. Mm-hmm. That's my answer. That's my answer. You can't take it. <laughs>
Guys, there's so many types of dragons. There's a lot, dude. They they get crazy, man. The the ones the ones in later movies. I think it's the second movie has one. Hold on, I need to find the name of it. It's huge. Bewilderbeast. Yeah. Yep. I'm Doge. Your your favorite Viking. Uh, my trusty steed is named Cumberbund, and he's a thunder drum. Which makes Cumberbund a loud, the thunder drum makes a loud concussive sound that can kill a man, according to Hiccup. I'm going to have a gaggle of the little ones that are really cute. Oh, yeah. The, like, little, little ones. The tiny ones. The tiny ones. And it's going to have vibes of, like, the villain from Big Hero 6. Amazing. Except I'm going to train so many of my little guys that I can, like, break off, come back together. I think that'll be… That would be a blast. And I just want to cuddle up with them when… Yeah. When one of them just came up and like Hiccup is like got two relationships with dragons now. That was such a <laughs> sweet moment. <laughs> that one was just straight up cat. Yes. They didn't have to try very hard. That is cat. That's just a cat. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.